This is Curl Up with a Cat Tale, and I'm Gwen Cooper, the New York Times bestselling author of numerous cat-centric titles, including Homer's Odyssey, A Fearless Feline Tale, or How I Learned About Love and Life with a Blind Wonder Cat, Spray Anything, More True Tales of Homer and the Gang, and The Book of Possum, Head Bonks, Raspy Tongues, and 101 Reasons Why Cats Make Us So, So Happy. We're here to celebrate all things feline and to tell inspirational cat tales. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Curl Up with a Cat Tale with Gwen Cooper. I am, of course, Gwen Cooper, your host, and just so thrilled to be here with you today. Later on in this episode, we will be talking to two of my very favorite cat people, Chris, Catman Chris Poole, and his wife, Jessica Josephs, who many of you may know better as that dynamic human duo behind two of our favorite online cats, Cole and Marmalade. So stick around. You're not going to want to miss that. And if you like what we do here, be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you never miss a new episode of Curl Up with a Cat Tail. And of course, as always, if you have any questions or comments, if you want to contact me, if you have any input on a recent episode or a question you'd like to hear me answer on a future episode, head on over to GwenCooper.com. That's where you can actually get a free copy of an all new book about Homer the Blind Wonder Cat that is legit, that is no joke. You can go right to my website right now and get a free copy of a new book about Homer the Blind Wonder Cat. So if you have not done that already, I hope you will do so today. And I definitely hope you will head over at some point to my website and and send me an email or leave some comments because this week I have some questions for all of you. So, you know, the, the thing I love most about doing this podcast is that for years I've been writing books, uh, which is kind of a one-way conversation. You know, it's really just me putting things out there uh, for other people to read, and I don't necessarily get to have any direct interaction with them. Um, but in doing this podcast, I can ask you guys questions, and and hopefully you will answer me with some immediacy, because uh, this is really something I'm dying to know. So my question for all of you cat lovers out there. And we're not going to talk too long today ahead of that interview because I do want to leave plenty of time uh, to speak with Chris and Jessica. I think that's going to be a really fun conversation. But the question I have for all of you cat lovers out there is whether you on any kind of regular basis will take your cat's name or, or some version of your cat's name, maybe a nickname you have for your cat, And then sing a song to your cat where you substitute your cat's name for a name or a word in the song. For example, um, my cat Fanny, uh, I I often call her Fanny Pants. That's that's one of my little nicknames for her. And and I think it got started because Fanny kind of sounds like fancy. So, you know, Fancy Pants became Fanny Pants. And so she's frequently Little Miss Fanny Pants in our house. And so sometimes I will sing the song Babyface to her, and then I substitute the word Babyface for Fanny Pants. I'm sorry, I substitute Fanny Pants for Babyface. So it'll be like, Fanny Pants, you are the cutest little Fanny Pants. Um, I-, I apologize for my very bad singing, by the way. I also don't really know any more of the words to that song, so that I kind of go, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, Fanny Pants, you know, um, again, apologies for the singing. Clayton, who who we call Claytonian, that's that's one of our nicknames for for my little tripod cat, Clayton. Um, I sometimes sing his name to the tune of Ed Sullivan from Bye Bye Birdie. 
So it'll be kind of like Claytonian, dun dun dun. Anyway, so I'm making right. I'm 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 being very foolish. I also do both cats' names to that song, Sunny. So it'll be like Fanny. Thank you for the joy that you're bringing me. I promise that is the last, well, almost the last singing I'm going to do. So I feel like this must be one of those things that everybody does. But I also, and I've thought about this really hard in, in anticipation of talking about it on today's podcast, I've never heard anyone outside of my own house doing it. And I will also say that there really seems to be a relationship between how little of the song I know and how likely I am to substitute, you know, to sing it to my cats using their names, because I literally don't know any of the other words to the Ed Sullivan song from Bye Bye Birdie, except for, you know, Ed Sullivan. So, you know, it's Claytonian, dun, dun, dun. And and that's it. That's the whole song. That's all I know. Um, So, yeah, so I'm wondering if you guys do that. I, I, I sort of have to assume that you do. Um, And I say that I've never heard anyone outside of my own house do it, because this is sort of something that my husband, Lawrence, also does, except that Lawrence, who who is arguably more talented than I am, um, will make up his own song, or, or he did. So the only cat that, that he ever did this with was our cat, Vashti. Um, those of you who have read my books know that when I first moved in with Lawrence back in, in 2005, I came with three cats, um, my oldest cat, Scarlet, my middle cat, Vashti, and my youngest cat, Homer, about whom I wrote the book, Homer's Odyssey. Uh, my book, My Life in a Cat House, which came out a couple of years ago, talks about all three of those cats, in addition to the two cats that I have now. Anyway, so when Lawrence and I moved in together, I, I moved in with my three cats, and Lawrence had never lived with any cats at all. And he was very, very trepidatious about this. He was very nervous. He was really not sure that he even wanted to live with cats. Um, it was really something, it was only because he loved me as much as he did that he was even willing to try this. Um, and he and Vashti, my middle cat, who, for those of you who haven't read anything I've written, was just, you know, I, I when I rescued her, she was this pathetic, bedraggled, half-bald, mite-ridden little thing. And with a little bit of love and care, she grew into the most extraordinarily beautiful cat uh, everybody who ever saw her, w- w- the first thing they would say is that is the most beautiful cat I've ever seen. And and she remains to this day probably one of the most beautiful cats, certainly the most beautiful cat I've ever seen in real life. There there are some insanely beautiful cats on Instagram. I will grant you that. But she was definitely the most gorgeous cat I ever saw in in person, in feline. And But she and Lawrence fell in love with each other so instantly. And, and it was this this incredibly magical thing to witness. And it was something that I was, you know, frankly, a little jealous of, not jealous because of their relationship excluding me or because they they loved each other more than they loved me or anything like that, but because, you know, every animal who I who I have fallen in love with, it's been through the gradual process of you you take care of each other over a period of years. You know, every cat that I've had came to me as a rescue kitten and and needed care and and so that was how we bonded Lauren whereas you know I've never had that experience of of just instantly falling in love with an animal who who did not necessarily need my care and who I didn't need anything from either um just just this like melding of 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 spirits anyway that's how it was with Lawrence and Vashti 
And Lawrence had the the Vashti song that he made up. It, it was not much of a song. There was not much to the song. It really only consisted of one verse. And it went like this. It was, her name is Vashti. Her name is Vashti. She is quite Pashti. She is quite Pashti. Uh, Pashti, like, like the word Posh, because she was a very fancy looking cat. So made to sound like her name. And that was the Vashti song. And he used to sing it all the time. And I have to tell you, um, in her later years, you know, so... We had been living with Lawrence for about five years, and and Vashti and Lawrence had been close for about five years when Vashti was diagnosed with chronic renal failure. And at that point, in order to keep her alive, uh, which we were able to do for another year almost, uh, we had to give her subcutaneous fluid injections, and we had to administer those every other day. And the subcutaneous fluid injections, I mean, it's pretty much what it sounds like. We we had a like an IV bag with a fluid in it, and it was attached to a needle that went into the back of her neck. And the the fluids would go under her skin because her kidneys weren't, you know, circulating the fluid in her body as well as they should. And so it not only helped keep her alive, it also made her feel much better. You know, she would get to feel so dehydrated. And the subcutaneous fluid injection would, would just make her feel a lot less dehydrated and good. But of course, by the same token, she didn't like the needle. She She would, it was tough to keep her calm long enough to get the needle into her. Once the needle was in and the fluid was dripping, she was fine. And Lawrence would hold her in his lap and he would sing the Vashti song over and over. He'd say, your name is Vashti, your name is Vashti, you are quite Vashti, you are quite Vashti. Um, and he would, and obviously she, she probably didn't understand any word in that except her name, but he would sing it to her very softly while, while holding her in his lap. And um, and it made her so calm it kept her so calm. And and this is where I have to say, by the way, you know, I wrote when I wrote Homer's Odyssey, it was before Vashti got sick. And I took a lot of flack from some readers who who felt that I was basically a terrible person for having married someone who was not a cat person who wasn't even sure initially that he wanted to live with cats, um, who for the first you know few months we were together didn't want the cat sleeping in the bedroom with us. And I knew the person I was moving in with I didn't know necessarily that he and Vashti would fall in love like that, but I knew the person I was moving in with. I, I would never have brought my cats into a situation that I did not feel would ultimately be to our own good. And now um, I, I can tell you very honestly that I would not have been able to do everything I did to keep Vashti alive for that last year. And and it was such a happy year um, that brought all of us so close, even though she was not well. And And if you could have seen Lawrence and Vashti and the way he helped me take care of her and and, and the things he did and, and how gentle and good he was with her. Nobody who had been born loving cats could have been a better man for my cat than Lawrence was for Vashti. And I'm actually going to be talking to Lawrence about Vashti on this week's bonus podcast on Patreon. Uh, for those of you who uh, who are, you know, hanging out with me on Patreon, I thank you so much. For those of you who aren't sure what that is, uh, pa- my Patreon page is a place where you can listen to bonus podcasts. You can read bonus columns that I write. You can that are exclusively for people on Patreon. You can find out how to get your name included in every book that I write, your name and your cat's name, and how to get early copies of books and free books and and all kinds of fun stuff. And that's on my Patreon page, and you can head over now. It's patreon.com slash Gwen Cooper, and Patreon is spelled P as in Peter, A, T as in Thomas, R-E-O-N as in Nancy. 
Um, so patreon.com slash Gwen Cooper. And I am now going to share the names of, of all of the people, you know, so my Patreon page really just launched, 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 launched last week. And so far, we have a bunch of, of supporters already. And I'm going to go ahead and read their names. And thank you so much to everyone who's there already. And if you're not there, I hope you will join me soon. Um, because yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. The the especially the bonus podcast with Lawrence. He and I have a lot of fun making them, and and hopefully you guys are having a good time listening to them. And so far, my Patreon supporters are Donna Harvick, Meg Hines, Christine Graham, Irma Hinkle, Jen Roth, Amy Miller, Sarah Hutton, Jamie Mislowska, Katie Braithwaite, Dorothy Thompson, Jim Benet, Isabella Catton, Nadine Ogawa. John Saunders, Elizabeth Edelman, Amy Levy, Mary Murphy, Mary Fitzgerald, Maria Silver, Blake Ozide, Nina Abrams, Jeff Carter, Angela Anderson, Kate Weinreich, Mark McCarthy, and Rebecca Babbitts. And of course, last but not least, my mother-in-law, Sandra Lerman herself. And mom, if you are listening to this podcast, you will note that I read my mother-in-law's name and not yours. Just saying. I should probably add here, by the way, that I would actually almost prefer that my mother not come onto my Patreon page just because I have waited a long time as the daughter of a Jewish mother to be able to guilt my mother about something instead of vice versa. And, and I kind of like having leverage. I, I, I can't lie. Um, so mom, you don't have to be in such a hurry to sign up. Anyway, I kid, of course, mom, you gave me the gift of life that you've done as much as you need to do. And uh, as for everybody else who is listening, I hope that you will, at a minimum, stick around for the next few moments because we will soon be talking to Chris Poole and Jessica Josephs of Coal and Marmalade. So stay right where you are, get comfortable and hang on for more Curl Up with a Cattail. So I'm so thrilled to be here today on this episode of Curl Up with a Cattail with two of my favorite rescuers and all-around cat people, Chris Poole and Jessica Josephs, who you may know better as the humans behind that internet sensation, Cole and Marmalade, and also Zigzag and and Jug or Judd? Jug. 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 Yes. Um, so thanks so much for being here, you guys. No worries. Thanks for having us. Yeah, you make it sound really good. I know, right? Yeah, follow us around from now on, Gwen. Well, you know, I do have a background in publicity, so I'm just going to kind of throw that out there. I I did used to be a publicist. Um, That checks out. But (laughs) so we are going to get into here on Curl Up with a Cattail. uh, This podcast, it's not at all servicey. We we do literally no good for anybody with this podcast. Nobody learns anything, but we do like to tell stories. and, and I'm going to ask you guys to tell a gotcha story in a few minutes. But, you know, the great thing about doing this is I get to interview people I've known for a while, which means I get to ask questions that I always wanted to ask, but but never just wanted to throw out there in regular conversation. And now we so, have professionally. What? Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry that this is not we tell gotcha stories. I do not practice gotcha journalism. So so do not <laughs> do not worry too much about it. Um, I don't really think we have much of that anyway. <laughs> Well, my first question, um, if you do, your your secrets are totally safe with me. Um, 
But my first question is actually for Chris, and this is something I've always wondered. So you are a Brit. And you live in Tampa now. And I myself am a Florida native and, and I know what a diverse state Florida is and, and how many people who live in Florida originally hail from other places. Um, having said that, it is somewhat unusual, at least in South Florida, to be a, a British transplant. And, and I'm wondering what it was that brought you from the UK to Tampa. Oh, I know the answer to that one. Ooh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it was actually big cats. I used to work at Big Cat Rescue. I interned there in 2006. So I was volunteering for a few months, doing like all the animal care and landscaping. And I wanted to get into the animal care field. And then in 2008, I was offered the media producer job. So I got my visa and flew over to America, uh, lived in a trailer, uh, filmed Big Cats and made Big Cat videos. And yeah, that's the job at Big Cat Rescue. That's what brought me to the States back in 2008. Yeah. Obviously, your interest then in cats is of long standing. Is Have you always wanted to work with cats or, or was this something that that kind of grew organically uh, because of, of opportunities like Big Cat Rescue that came up? Yeah, it's kind of organic thing. Um, I actually went to school for graphic design. And then after that, I did some traveling and wasn't sure what I wanted to do I just my whole thing was making a difference and then I've always been a big animal lover and then I saw the opportunity at Big Cat Rescue so I went in for that to get some more experience and I was like oh love love their mission and what they were doing so it kind of started there really that was my first big kind of animal gig uh, Big Cat Rescue and and then the small cats came into the picture a few years later so yeah we're always there Run around yeah. your ankles. So, I mean, so for both of you, I guess, would I say, are, are were you lifelong cat lovers or was this something that, that came upon you, you know, after school and as you were starting on your adult life or into your, well, into your adult life already? We both had cats as kids, right? I had lots of cats oh, growing up. I grew up with a dog. You had one cat, right? Nope. Dodgers, just shout out. She taught me how to walk. German Shepherd mix. Uh, but I had a cat. The first cat, I think, was... I was probably 16. Yeah. I grew up with a German off. Shepherd mix too, by the way. Um, yeah. We always had dogs. And I, one of the dogs I grew up with was a German Shepherd mix. So cats were always we actually, sort of exotic for me. My parents rescued her or she was rescued from the woods with her seven puppies. And we took her and my grandma took one of the puppies. So, so that's you, been in my blood. Were you, were you guys, because we were the rescue family. We, we were the family who always had foster dogs in and out who always had had pets, but we never had a pet from a breeder. We were always the ones who were suckers for a hard luck story. Was that the same thing? Was your family also that family? No, we just had her. Maybe some fish. That's but that's it. a lot to oh, do I, all at once. I mean, that's girl. eight dogs at once. So well, that, that's a lot. Well, we only took her. So we just had the one. <laughs> I'm not going to say I was a handful as a child, but... <laughs> No, we had some fish, gerbil hamsters, things like that. Right. She was she was great. So that's all we needed was her. And then cats came later for me. Yeah, I'm the oldest of four kids. So we always had cats and dogs and rabbits and hamsters and fish, pretty much everything over the years. Um, but yeah, I grew up, my mom's cat when I was born was a black cat named Sarah. And I grew up with a black cat and yeah, I've always had pets running around 
Have you have you guys been watching um, on PBS All Creatures Great and Small? Yeah, because you're you're making your your childhood sound like All Creatures Great and Small. Would would that be if, if in my head I'm picturing you in the settings of All Creatures Great and Small? Would I be pretty much on target? That would be awesome. And, um, yeah, because well, just just wait as he gets older, he just stays around all animals. We're talking volunteering at zoos and swimming with sharks and things like that. So he's an animal guy. Yeah, it's pretty pretty close to where I grew up. I'm from Nottingham, and that's based in Yorkshire. So it's yeah, I've been watching that because been kind of homesick. So seeing sure. seeing those, you know, the scenery and the people, and it's good. Good heartwarming stuff. Can't lose your accent. Yeah, it's funny when I go home to England and everybody sounds really British and proper. <laughs> you you actually, certainly by Tampa standards, you do sound extraordinarily British, I have to say. Oh, yeah. Tampa standards. Yeah, I still get funny looks and people squinting when they're trying to understand what I'm saying. I don't understand what he says yeah. many times. He makes up words. So. But does that sort of make the relationship, a, a, you know, a little bit more romantic when you don't quite understand? My husband is a very fast yes. talker. And I think sometimes just my inability to always understand what he's saying makes him seem that much more fascinating to me. Yes. Yeah. He he does a lot of smiling and nodding. That's good. So I, I'm going to uh, I, I do want to I mean, obviously, we want to talk about uh, about your family, about your cat family and to tell some personal okay. stories. Um, but I do want to talk a little bit about your rescue work, which you are obviously very well known for. And it's something that I know your online audience just loves you for. Um, why don't you tell us just a little bit about for on the off chance that somebody listening actually does not know about the rescue work that you guys do. Um, tell us a little bit about your work with community cats, with feral cats and, and anything else you may be working with, uh, working on with rescue animals right now. Yeah, well, I guess I've been doing it for like three or four years now. Um, my first like legit kitten rescue was up in Illinois um, I did some stuff with a couple of friends up there who started a rescue since we left. Um, a big hoarding case is what we did together, rescued like 40 cats and kittens from a house. Um, there's a YouTube video on, I think, the Call of Marmalade channel. Um, but since moving to Florida, it's really like took off and took a lot of my time because Florida's you know, year round kittens and this every, is, every season is kitten season when, yeah. when, when it's summer all year round. Sure. Oh, it's, it's, it's horrible now. Like I'm tuned, well, we're both tuned in when we're driving around, we just seem to notice more and more cats that need help. So yeah, we're always trapping, you know, TNR, like you mentioned, trap new to return. Um, cats. What's that? Oh yeah. Feeding your colony cats. I feed my colony cats every morning. That takes about an hour and a half. And then I'm, I'm always working on various cats, like trying to make cats friendlier so I can get them off the streets and seeing other cats that need help and uh, need to be spayed and neutered. And then obviously with my Catman Chris YouTube and Facebook page, I'm always getting messages from local people needing help too. So it's, it's kind of overwhelming. It's just never ending, but it's all about stopping the cycle of suffering and you know, people enjoy the feel-good stories and seeing how we're making a difference, which is what I wanted to do from the get-go. So I enjoy doing it. And we've got people now too down here. We've met really good people yeah. who are really involved 
in the area and have been here, they're actually Floridians. Now that I say that, both hmm. of them. <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have to say it with that tone. I'm I a mean, Floridian. It's, just, it's a. It's a great thing. You, you don't have to say it. They're Floridians. I, I, we're I, dealing with Floridians. Well, if you knew one of the girls, Nicole Chalky's Cat Crusade. She's got fancy mouth, so I'm pretty sure she was a vintage well woman in her past life or something but she works a lot in uh riverside heights tampa area and does tnr so she'll kind of work with chris on that yep. and then we've got uh danny Giroux, danny the cat lady she has runaways animal rescue up in pasco we actually just got a building uh so i'm on the board of both of those yeah it's going to be huge um where we're going to do a project with maybe Pasco County and she's got foster base. We're going to have adoptions. So now that we're back in Florida, see how bad the problem is and how much the specific TNR is needed with chalkies and how the TNR and the fosters are needed with runaways, being able to have them help Chris when he's out there finding cats, but not have to worry about fosters for himself or different things like that allows him to help more cats. And then we've had great people like Waruva donated mm-hmm. pallets of food. 4,000 pounds. Oh my goodness. So much food. So Waruva is actually very generous. I will say when I, um, back in 2013, I had a book that came out called love saves the day. And instead of doing a bookshop tour, I did a tour of no kill shelters, a national tour of no kill shelters. And um, and Waruva came on as one of the sponsors and donated just a tremendous amount of food to every shelter that we visited along the way. And and so I, this is a sponsor free podcast. They are not a sponsor of mine. I have not done any business with them other than as a consumer for many years. But I will note that they are always they are always so great uh, about corporate giving and and lending a hand to the rescue community. They are. Yeah, they- well- Full disclosure, they are sponsors for us, but only because we said, yes, we love your stuff and we love what you do. Hey, man, there's so, a, nothing wrong with with doing good exactly, to do well. Exactly. Everybody that's benefiting the cats or everything that we do that benefits the cats can help everybody. So it's it's been nice. It's been super busy. There's a lot of... Um, it sounds busy. You know, I have to say, actually listening to you guys is is making me feel a little bad about myself because I don't oh, no, feel... When? No, no, no. Because, this is just Chris. I, because, this is just Chris. Chris does that. I don't because do that. honestly, if, no, no, if no, I no. manage to, if I manage to change like out of my nighttime sweatpants into my daytime sweatpants these days, that's a, that's a really full day for me. When I didn't that's do like that a really and I didn't do that. We're good. No, I say he's out there. I'm kidding, by the way. <laughs> I'm not. I, I I do change my sweatpants every day. I don't want anyone listening to think that there is any 48 hour cycle in which I have continuously worn the same sweatpants. Just, you know, I'm not completely feral yet. Yeah, we're, glad, we're glad this is just audio and not video. Uh, it was so I necessary i've not had a haircut in 15 months and um i, I yeah. really look like the world's oldest poison groupie right now i i just have i actually sent jessica um a a picture mm-hmm. of of my hair when she asked if this was going to be audio only or audio and visual and it's like oh you're adorable if you think yeah, you look that, that i want to be seen on camera right now you just looked all like wild and free. I mean, you saw mine. We're going with it, you know. It's it, it's it's a lot of hair. It's a lot of hair. But you know, since since the people at home cannot, I mean, it, it is so much hair. I think it might actually be eating my head. It's definitely eating my brain. 
It's you for got, sure you're gonna get some mats in there. You're gonna have to get shaved. I, I it might it might be a board of health issue. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm not sure that it won't be. You know, they're doing construction next door, and I've been kind of ducking the inspectors. I just don't want them to see what's going on in my head and, and like I think there's an electrical problem. Treat me like a condemned building or something. Um speaking of, that's another <laughs> thing Chris is helping with. There's another hoarding house down here. Really? So, yeah, and Danny and I also for runaways grabbed what was it? 12, 12, 12 cats from a house. Kittens. Yeah. yeah. There was kittens. Yeah. It was a lot of kittens. So it's hitting, it's hitting now kitten season. You know, hard, I'm going to ask again. you, I'm going to ask you guys a question um, that somebody asked me at a reading once. And I literally didn't have an answer to this question because I did not think it applied to me, but I think it applies to you. And, and so I'll say, what does it feel like to wake up in the morning knowing that you're making the world a better place? It's pretty cool. Like, I honestly forget, like, the impact we have a lot of a lot of the times. He beats himself up a lot. Until we get, yeah. like... Well, it's the messages. nature of nonprofit work. You, every, you, you fixate on the ones you can't save. And, yes. and that is always... That is, that is a reason why so many people do get burnt. I mean, I worked in nonprofit for a long time, and it's hard not to fixate. It, it's, it's, you feel good about the, the people who you can help. But it's hard not to fixate on the cases that that you cannot help, and, and that's always yeah, the, the yin and yang of it. Fatigue hits, and so I don't think, sadly, there's enough time that's celebrated in what's been done because literally there is always another cat right around the corner, like literally the corner. So it's I of everybody that we kind of are involved with now. I'm the best at stepping back and remembering personal health. So my goal in 2021 is to help all of my extremely intense cat rescuer friends and husband find a balance. Um, so that they don't get burned out, especially Look, with everything. You, if you don't take care of yourself, you're no good to anyone else. And, mm-hmm. and that is yep. the truth. Um, so I do, you know, I am going to move the, the conversation on from rescue because I, I do want to get into some of the more personal stories, but just b- before we uh, before we tie this off, is there any place where listeners can go if they want to learn more either about the work that you guys specifically are doing or what they can do for for feral or street cats in their own communities? Where should they go? Um, that's a good question. Well, okay. <laughs> you can just Google it. So our stuff, um, Cole and Marmalade. Let's start with you. Where can, if people want to learn how to support the work that you're doing, where should they go? Oh, that's easy. You just go to the, the <laughs> okay. Catman Chris, Catman Chris social sites. But I thought you were asking more like how to find out in general. I guess there's a million websites out there with TNR information. I mean, it's all about local, right? So you've got to search, sure. search your area, your zip code, and see what programs are in place with TNR and what shelters need help fostering. And a lot you know, of places, yeah, a lot of places are not shelter based either they're foster based so they have groups mm-hmm. on social media that you have to kind of find uh, because they may have 90 homes where there's fosters in them but they have no building people can just go to and drop off cats or adopt a cat things like that so okay. it does take a little bit of research because we get that question all the time sure what, what do i do well I, I don't know where are you at 
You All right. Know, so, gotta, so, I mean, and that's a good place to start. Yeah. And if people want to know more about what you do, they can look for Catman Chris on social media. And, and I actually follow you on, on your various Catman Chris handles. And, and it is uh, very rewarding to see the work that you do. So I certainly encourage oh, listeners. Appreciate to do the same. Well, thank you. So I'm going to I'm going to change the subject a little bit. Um, Now, I will say that, of course, my cats are the cutest, most adorable, greatest, smartest, just awesomest cats that ever lived or ever will live. That's a given. That goes without saying. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm already hearing an argument on that. That was just. But having said that, I will say that Marmalade has one of the greatest faces I've ever seen on a cat. And the thing I always wonder is to what extent were you, you know, did you start doing so much video with the cats because Marmalade has such a great face or, you know, is, is it more like he's your muse? You know, does, I mean, did you, were you looking for, for inspiration and you found it in Marmalade or did Marmalade just sort of organically inspire you to, to pick up the camera more than you otherwise might have? Yeah. Mostly the last one, right? Like was making videos with Cole and then Marmalade came along like six months later. Yeah. The reason was black cats not being adopted in shelters. Yeah. That's why we started making videos to mm-hmm. show people how poor some black cats are. And then we were feeling bad for Cole because we were both working all day and he was alone. So it was looking for a second cat and I wanted a ginger cat. And then Marmalade came on the scene and it, it just gave us, like the dynamic, just gave us so much footage to work with, I guess. And Marmalade... It, it, it really is a great face. I, it, he really <laughs> does just have such a, a doofy but sweet and expressive face. Um, yeah, because he was cute as a kitten and yes. all of them are a little bit doofy. Yeah, as he got older, he just adult, you know, derped out. I'm looking <laughs> at a picture of him right now. He, but it, he, he does have an yeah, undeniable but- derp quality it, it, it is there um derp life. but it's it's his eyes he has these really interesting eyes i, I find just the shape and the spacing and the expressiveness within them um, he, he seems from, to have like a, a slightly more expressive face than is typical in a cat i i think uh, definitely he's from florida <laughs> again i feel like this is a so backhanded swipe all Floridians. the cats are all the cats are from florida because some of the greatest things come from florida we see, but yeah, I, you know, my, my home state get, gets, uh, takes a, a lot of, uh, a lot of abuse, but, but I've always been very proud, uh, to be, like, we both moved here twice. You, that That's it. You, came back. So. You guys are Floridians by choice. So, right. uh, yeah. Um, but since you did bring up Cole, I know that Cole has been having some health issues lately and I, I'm sure people listening who've been following that would love to hear an update on how Cole is doing these days. Yeah. Um, like if people aren't aware, Cole, uh, has nasal lymphoma so it's been going through chemo treatments and radiation treatments um we took a break from the radiation treatments because uh, i had a scary episode with him stopping breathing because oh. you, know, you have to be totally sedated to do the radiation without them moving so but the treatments the chemo treatment's been going great um he's got good appetite is happy and playing He's the easiest cat to give a pill to ever. Yeah. We've got a video on Facebook of that. <laughs> that is really too good to be true. Yeah. Really that, that really is too it. good to be true. I have one of, of all, and I had one cat who was actually, Homer was banned from life for life at, from the vet's office 
I brought him in unconscious and he fought four grown people to a draw <laughs> in the vet's office. Sounds like marmalade. Yeah. But then at the other end of the spectrum, I have Clayton who actually enjoys going to the vet just because they pay attention to it. Like he loves attention. And his he literally doesn't care what anyone does to him as long as they're looking at him and talking to him while they're doing it. So you can stick needles in him. You can shove thermometers up his little tushy. Um, sometimes you just luck out that way with a cat. Yeah. Yeah, yes. I think marmalade's the worst at the vet because <laughs> if people didn't know marmalade's a cat. But he looks like such a sweetheart. He really is such a sweet face. Yeah. It's hard to believe he's a, he's, he's a terror, huh? <laughs> yeah, I've actually got a video on YouTube where he's like hissing at the vet techs. And he had a Aww. he had a reputation when he was going through chemo. They had to put the muzzle on him and poor guy, he's like goes from sweet to like I'm a I'm a mini tiger yeah. in a split second. But Cole's doing so far is doing really well. Um, I think we're coming to the end of the treatments now. We've got chemo again on Friday, and then I think we might revisit radiation. Um, but then after that, we're just going to be monitoring and doing any holistic stuff we can to help him. You know, and I think anybody listening to this knows just how awful it is when one of our cats is sick. And and it's everything from from the fear, obviously, of losing, you know, potentially losing a cat that we love to just the knowledge that, it, all we want to do is make them feel better. And, and it, you can feel so powerless in the face of that. Um, and you guys are, are, are handling it very bravely as is Cole. And, and we certainly, we certainly wish all the best for all of you, for sure. I think we're, we're in a good spot right now. It took a while to be diagnosed, which was mm-hmm. pretty was rough. stressful and traumatic. Yeah, yeah, that was the rough part. Now I know what we're dealing with. I think, I think we're in a good, good spot. So, uh, of course, in addition to Cole and Marmalade, and you guys are, are the CAM fam, right? Everybody follows the CAM fam online, and, and CAM stands for Cole and Marmalade. But there are two other members of your household, and, and those are Zigzag and Chug. And now, Zigzag and Chug look very much alike. Are they actually littermates, or are they just two unrelated, you know, genetically unrelated cats who happen to look alike? Do you want to take that one? <laughs> two pretty girls, yeah, it's, not related. They're not litter mates. Nope. Jug was when we first moved to Florida. We it was pretty close to when we first got here. Yeah. Yeah. We started fostering bottle babies, and Jug was one of the three that we had. Mm-hmm. Got uh, her at twelve days old. Yeah. So that was like we'd never done bottle feeding. Nope. They said really. it was a bag of kittens. I yeah. said okay, but no. We so we had Jug, but she needed a friend and we knew that cola Mar- we're not going to throw one kitten in with cola marmalade so the good story it all turned we had jug and chris came home one night and said or came up to me one night and said i just got a phone call and then there you go you can tell the rest yeah so, so here's the so jug was in the house already and in case people don't know, Jug is short for juggernaut. It is. Because she used to push her sisters out of the way to get to the bottle. She is a real She still does it. Yeah, she's very <laughs> food motivated. So she's Sounds a like a girl girl-out. after my own heart, by the way. <laughs> she, she is, yes. Yeah. So we weren't her. 100% on keeping her yet. Yeah. And then this happened. And then, and then I, you know, as Jess said, I got a call about a kitten under a car on the main road, like two minutes from here is actually from big cat rescue volunteers. So yeah, there's a kitten stuck <laughs> under the car basically. Um, so I crawled under the car and finally grabbed zigzag out of the wheel. Well, 
Um, so that's how Zigzag came into our lives and then obviously brought her home. Um, and we later discovered she had ringworm. Aww. We thought she had was ringworm. I think it was. Yeah, it so, was. It was very, very light, luckily. Yeah, so she I was going to say, that actually doesn't sound so bad for a cat who, who's been living on the streets. A little bit of ringworm. I, you know, I know my cats... Um, all of them, when they were rescued, they they all were in much sorrier shape. At you know, they and I was not the one in in most with most of my cats. In most of the cases, other people actually found them and and sort of brought them health wise to a point where they could then be adopted out. But they were all in very pathetic shape. So a little bit of ringworm no. does not seem too bad, actually. It's not, but it's so so contagious. Yes, that, that I know. Bring her, we couldn't bring her in the house, so she was on our screened in porch. Jug was separated inside the house in a bathroom area. And then Cole and Marmalade were running around the house. And it took a month. Actually, when we first saw Ziggy, I knew we knew that we were pretty much going to keep her. Because she, when Chris brought her home, she was this tiny little ball of like shaking in shock fur, so soft. It was, it had been rush hour traffic. So literally there were cars flying by them. Um, you can even hear the other big cat rescue volunteer who was filming Chris, Jen. She's like, Chris, if that kitten runs out, I'm throwing your camera down and I'm going to grab it. I don't care if a car hits me or, you know, it's, they did good. So, um, but we knew right away that when we pretty much saw her, we said, should we keep them both then? And then we said, are we nuts? It's two tortoise shell cats. There's a, there's a reputation that comes with those. Tortitude. I believe they say they, they call it my friend and my good friend, Ingrid King has written a book called Tortitude. And, and it is about that, that spitfire cool. torty attitude. Yeah. Well, we decided to go double trouble. So. And, and how is doubling down worked out for you? It's good. We got lucky. We get we really get lucky. lucky. <laughs> I don't know what the deal is. I mean, Jug, Jug has kind of turned on me. She became a daddy's girl. She's here right now. Yeah, Aww. she's yeah. always by doing? Chris. So, you know, but, but senses are evil inside you. That's what? <laughs> Bye, Jug. Bye, Jug. Uh, so, so now, so Jugs is so Jugs gotcha story is the story that that we are here to tell today is that correct that's the uh that's the story that, that you guys are that one's zigzags so right that that was zigzags and now yeah. now we're gonna tell jug's gotcha story i will tell my listeners so usually i have some sense of of what the story is before the interview happens um in this particular case i i actually am hearing all of this for the first time along with you guys so, so this is the story of, of how Chris and Jessica of Cole and Marmalade came to adopt Jug the rescue cat. And, and I'm really looking forward to hearing this one, actually. This one, Jug. Um, Jug was a phone call from a local rescue that said there were three cats. Found in an RV park, no, actually. Yep. It was the RV yeah. park. Uh, t- two of them were able to be trapped. They brought us two 12 day old dirty little flea covered wait and let me inter- and let me interrupt kitty. how so how long ago was this was 2018 july her birthday is in june so okay so this oh. was about so roughly 3 years ago and yes. uh, would you say so one of the most common beginnings of a gotcha story that i always hear is 
we were not looking for another cat. Uh, we, we were not in the market for another cat. Uh, now you guys obviously work in, di- in rescue, so it's a little bit different for you, but, but were you kind of open to the idea of another cat or, or were you happy with rescue and the two cats you had? And, and that was, that was it. I, I've always been like showing Jess pictures of the kittens I rescue and, or kittens I've seen online. It's like, Oh, look at this. Look at this cutie. <laughs> Go make it a trio. And I was adamant yeah, about she was like, not having more. Totally against adding more cats, which made sense because call and Marmalade are so, you know, got a good thing going. Sure. And sure. then she was the one who actually <laughs> chose to like foster fail with Jug and was like, oh, we've got to keep Jug. So, right, so, so you get this phone call uh, and and you you go, you find these 12, these filthy, uh, just very bedraggled 12 day old kittens. Um, can, yes, please continue. So they brought us Jug and her sister, who we ended up naming Needy, Anita. Mm-hmm. She was just very needy. Um, and that's where Jug immediately barreled into Needy under her stomach and just threw her off trying to find food. Because at this point, their eyes were maybe just opening. But it looked like there had been a mom at some point because they weren't underfed malnourished too much or anything like but there was no mother around by the time the people had looked monitored and then finally said no we got to get these kittens out of here so bottle feedings every three hours Next, yeah that was fun um, and is that so that's every three hours around the clock yes so 24 now, hours a day and and did you guys trade off that responsibility and and if so how did you figure out who would take which uh which shift I have insomnia. Yeah, that worked out. Ah, <laughs> we're so it's, meant it's to be. Always the wives who have insomnia, and always the husbands who sleep like babies. And one I of can't these imagine. days, it's why, it's like, right? Why do you think like that, that is? Why do women say <laughs> twice as many words as men? Oh, I don't know. I mean, say it twice. <laughs> <laughs> what? what? No. So the next day, the rescue contacted us again and said well, they found a third kitten in an engine brought us the third one. So that was um, Ruth. Mm-hmm. So we had the three girls. We called them the Pointer Sisters eventually <laughs> because they screamed the first nights and sure. they were still a little sharp, sharp little baby claws. Uh, but we fostered them. At that point, Chris had gone back and forth. There was some conventions going on still in that world. I don't really remember pre-2020 anymore. There are a lot of people who, who talk about fostering and 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 taking care of bottle babies but i do you know just that feeling of it being the middle of the night and and the world is quiet and you are bottle feeding this kitten and i have to imagine that that all by itself must be a tremendous bonding experience the little wiggly ear (laughs) yeah it was really cool it was until so the biggest problems with kittens are their poops and then their diets. And when they start throwing up, Jug was the youngest little kitten I've ever seen throw up. And that also kind of traumatized me a little bit because then I just, Chris was, I think you were at CatCon. Yeah, I think you were at CatCon or something. And I'm at home on the floor, like crying at midnight because I have three little kittens vomiting and I don't know what to do for them <laughs> it was miserable but everything turned out okay uh, luckily our friends know what to do yeah oh, so so this was catcon 2018 yeah i think i actually saw you there i, I believe yeah i saw you the last time yes. we saw each other 
Um, oh. Very possibly. That That is very possibly the case. Well, I so hope you, you guys were having fun. Right. No. <laughs> so while, while we were living it up in SoCal, you were at home with a vomiting trio of kittens. Uh, oh, the being girl. traumatized and scarred for life. And, you know, oh. again, I, I, when I we don't foster anymore. Is that, no. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it must be, though. It, 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 you know, again, I, I think part of, look, it, it, to love animals is to really take it to heart when you see an animal suffer, whether it's an animal that you feel personally responsible for or one you just happen to see on the streets. And, and, and so it must have been very difficult. Um, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm guessing, and I don't know where the story is going, but that it's going to end with you feeling that, that there was a reason why this, this cat was going to be a foster failure and that some of it must have grown out of the, those late nights um, the the anxiety and the worry about her health and and just this this growing emotional investment I would think in this tiny little life that you were trying to keep going. It was weird because we have three of them, <laughs> and we love Nini and Ruth, aka Taco and Kiki. Now, it's not your fault. Shout out again. You're girls. like, who got to keep Jug? There was just something about you. Jug. I was like, a tortie needs to stay with me. Just one of those, in, we follow my intuition a lot. Something with Jug and her chunky little fat cheek face. I mean, we also have, we have a picture, we have it on video when I fell in love with her, when I, when she, yep, there's, we got it. And I was like, well, now you win. Yes. <laughs> Same with Ziggy though. As soon as we saw her, I was like, but again, it switched. Ziggy was a crazy, I mean, I named her zigzag because she's got a zig on, you know, a zigzag on her nose and she was running in traffic, but I thought she was going to be a Chris girl. I'm like, this girl is wild. This kitten is just you and her need time out. It's basically what it was. And jug was my little snuggle bug. Yeah. Jug hug. And that was Aww. it. But no, they switched. And Ooh. now Ziggy's my little Ziggy bean and jug is all about Chris, but there was just something about jug through that whole thing where I didn't name either of them then, did I? No, you're not. I named Marmalade, but you named the other three cats. Yeah, but he follows me around like a ginger shadow now. He does. He loves me. But yeah, no, Chris, I'm really good with names too. Again, I'm weird. Just well, like, tell me. <laughs> Doug, I mean, Doug or not fits, she still does it. I actually, I always love hearing the stories behind names um, because I feel like cats, more so than with dogs, cats tend to be named for their personalities or some trait. Which um, are always so unique. Right. Which absolutely are. And, and I love, you know, I, I love naming stories in general, but I do find that with dogs, it's, it's, it has less to do often with the specific personality of the dog, as opposed to with cats, where there really is the sense that you, that there's a specific reason why this cat has this name. This is mm-hmm. not a name we would have just given the next cat that we got. You know, there's nope. a reason why this cat has this name. I think they just kind of tell us. And if it feels right, it feels right. Um, I kind of agree with that. Actually, mm-hmm. um, I, I do not entirely disagree with that. And, and so now the alliances have shift have shifted. Um, do you guys find that over the course of a lifetime, because I see this too, that you kind of, you almost go through certain cats you go through phases with. I mean, some cats are, are steady all the way through the way they are the first day is how they are all the way down the line. But some cats, you, you go through phases um, like cycles almost every couple of years, uh, like a waxing and waning of of that attachment or how much time they spend with you. I don't know if you guys have have noticed that with your I cats. I think some of it in our case, if anything, 
did come to mind, it also may be because we moved so much and it could be because we've had so many different enriching setups, even if you rotate your house or something. Now, are you guys involved in some sort of cat rescuer witness protection program that you I mean we'd be really so much bad or... at it considering we post everything. <laughs> you're very you're very high profile. So if you're trying to keep a low profile with the moves, I I, I don't like to criticize, but I would have to say um that you may and not be doing that well. Why do you think this is just audio, Gwen? <laughs> um no but it was just audio because my picture was actually frightening the cats. I thought that's why it was just a... <laughs> no it's these cats so Marmalade used to be all about Chris, but then when Jug and Zigzag came, Jug, Jug Tortitude, she just, she, she tore it all over that guy. It's pretty even. No. And so now Marmalade is my shadow. Cole has always been the other half of my soul. Ziggy flip-flopped, but. Um, it's all, it's all lies. They all love me more than you. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The truth, the gloves come off here on Curl Up with the Cat Tail with Gwen Cooper. Um, you know, so I'm actually, so, so here's a question that I don't know the answer to. So, Chris, who precedes who in your life? Have you been with Jessica longer or Cole longer? Who came first? Oh, Jess. Oh, ah. Jess. <laughs> and, and was it Jessica's work and friends that brought the cats into our lives? Was it as your realtor friend? It was my realtor friend. Shout out again, Amanda. So me and Jess met in 2009, and then Cole came along in 2012. We met gotcha. on Match.com. There we did. We'll do that really? story for another day. I mean, that's a gotcha story. That, that's more like like curl up with a cattail after dark. We could uh, we could tell that story yeah. when we do the grown like up. A, when we do the adult storytelling. Uh, but that's actually like that's amazing. Five minutes. Said <laughs> <laughs> five minutes. <laughs> That's an amazing that that's amazing though that you guys met on match.com. I think that's uh I think that's so heartening actually because I you know I think it's it's like one of those things you, you it's like almost like when you watch commercials for people who get rich from some real estate class and you're like oh whatever it's all a lie it's no all one ever did, right exactly it, it never really works for anyone um but it does work for some people and that's I think great actually and, and where were you guys living when you met through through match.com I, I was actually living on Big Cat Rescue in a trailer <laughs> next to Leopard. And I was like, oh, yeah, let's date this guy. <laughs> now, were, were you to your, the only guy on Match.com living amongst leopards in a trailer? <laughs> I, I have to assume that. So, And, and Jessica, what what in your search query brought up yeah, that is lives, a lives with leopards that's, in a trailer? That's, yeah, that's a filter on there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can look that up. My, my username was Cat9Chris, right? yeah. You had a very misleading. That's photo. why I just you used to call me Catman Chris. So that's why you've been I, Catman Chris since then. <laughs> like literally, that was your profile. Yeah. So, so early branding in the early days of your relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Again, the name is just the name tells you. Well, I think uh, I, I really I, I think obviously you guys uh, are are two great people and great rescuers who found each other and have done great things since then. Um, and I guess my last question for you would be, is there anything else that you guys are working on or or have coming up that you would want listeners to know about or or to check out? He's doing the videos all the time. We're working, you know, he says he wants to do a nonprofit, but we I'm on the board of both of the other nonprofits with Chalkies and the Runaways. And so I'm going to be so busy with that stuff. We've got events and. Well, we just want to like we get messages all the time from people needing help 
with their cats, like medical expenses or rescues who need help. So we'd look, we'd like to create some sort of fund to give back to individuals and rescues. Yeah, like a That's foundation or something. But yeah, like Jess said, last year was crazy for everybody, but crazy getting getting the ball rolling on everything as well as all the rescue work. So look, it's hard. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, it really is always hard, but I, I will say for whatever it's worth and, and, uh, you know, not, I don't do a lot of this kind of rah-rah cheerleading. Um, but I really do think you, that, that you guys are two people who can make it happen. And that when the timing is right and it comes together as it is supposed to, that, that you will. Um, and in the meantime, you're, you're clearly doing a lot of good work and, and saving a lot of lives along the way. Well, that's the goal. We keep trying yeah, to do that. Doing our best. Even, if um, even if we can't do it personally. It kind of feels like, you know, because we've got a large following, that it's our like responsibility to do as much. Certainly, yes. With with your great Instagram comes great responsibility. Uh, but I, I think you guys are are also you you use it well. Yeah. That's all we Job can do. Done. I like it. I'm gonna <laughs> keep well, and uh, you can. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, really. Thanks so much for taking time out of what are clearly very busy schedules to talk with us here on Curl Up With a Cattail. And please give all four of, of your home cats and then all the various rescue cats that you work with all kinds of love from our audience. It's just been so great having you here. Thank you. That's thank been you very fun much. Talking to humans. <laughs> <sighs> talking to a computer. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. And, you know, we look forward to hearing more of your podcasts. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And thanks so much to all of you for listening. Please hit the subscribe button if you like what we're doing here. And I will see you next week for more Curl Up With a Cattail. And that concludes this episode of Curl Up With a Cattail with Gwen Cooper. Don't forget to invite your feline-loving friends to listen to new episodes along with you. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, Find out how to get your name and your cat's name included in my next book or leave comments or questions for me to answer in future podcasts. Head on over to GwenCooper.com now. Thanks so much for joining me and don't forget to hug your cat today.